we uh, uh, stepped into this role, and we're going to be here a little while after that. So uh, a long while. There we go. Just, I always need an amen for my family, you know? <laughs> so I'm looking for. So I hope you have a chance. How many of you going to be with family today? A lot of people. Well, if you're not, we hope that you taste a little bit of family right here with us. Our desire is that this would be a sense of home, a place of acceptance, a place of being understood and known. Easter tells us there's something more important than what we have in our sense realm. It's more than we can see or smell or taste or feel or hear. There is an invisible God, a creator God, and he is more permanent than anything that we have in our senses. And his death, burial, and resurrection mean that God wants to have relationship with us. He's extended himself far beyond just sticking his hand out and wanting to get to know you, but giving himself completely, sacrificing himself for you. And uh, there's a, uh, an old television show. And let me see. We have a little clip up here. How many of you know what show this is from? Not that show. The one right after it. Okay, I'll read the words. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. This is a place in Boston. You want to be where you can see the troubles. Our troubles are all the same. You want to be where everybody knows your name. You know, your home, the place you grew up, grew up may be the most wonderful place in the universe. Or it may be a place that's kind of complicated for you. For these people in this story, it was a bar in downtown Boston where people knew their name and they knew that they fit. They, they, they were accepted unconditionally. And uh, whether you've been in Boston your whole life or you just got here, I met somebody, just rolled into town this last week, we want you to feel that sense of acceptance. That, and whether uh, the person next to you is really good at remembering names or not. They, we want to know each other's names. So, we have a, the graphic that was up here before, this theme that's behind us. I want to explain it to you a little bit. So, this is a torn piece of material. It says home there. And <clears throat> so... Uh, Tim, thank you so much. Amazing artist. You like feeling like a little more like home in here this morning? So we have been welcomed home, and this barrier has been torn. The thing that keeps you from that uh, a, a knowing relationship with God has been torn in the person of Jesus. And we were separated from God because of our own arrogance, because of our own choices, but he's extended himself to us. And this is actually what happened in the temple during the time of the life of Jesus at his death. So I have a picture of the, the temple here, and we're going to get into a little bit of an academic understanding of this veil. All right, you with me? So we have three pieces that are significant. The tent of meeting or the outer court, the holy place or the inner court, and the holiest place was the Holy of Holies. So I'm getting to what, what this veil is, what this curtain is all about. And there's a, that red line there, it says veil. It was 
You know, I think of veil, I think of something more sheer like this that you can kind of see through. But this was a thick curtain. On the outside, where uh, uh, we have the bronze altar and all these other things, that, that was where people came in to make sacrifices, the, the, the sins that people knew about, the things that you did willfully, intentionally. There had, they had a whole system, a complex system of sacrifices to be forgiven. You want to read the book of Leviticus this afternoon? It's excellent reading. You know, a little complex in some places, but there was a system for how to get forgiven. But then, you know, there's things that we do wrong that we don't even know we've done wrong. And God knows that about us. And that's what the holiest of holies is about. There's a place that only once a year, one guy, the high priest, went into. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been in, in, in teachings where they explain everything. They tie a rope around the guy's leg. You know, we're not going to go down that road necessarily. Just saying it's a dangerous place. The reason the rope was around his leg is because they thought he might die. This was such an awesome place. You just didn't run in and out of the intimate presence of God. So there's, it was cordoned off with this thick curtain. And that curtain was something that was built up by us. All the different ways that we've distanced ourselves in relationship with God. Now, I, I think maybe some of the guys can relate to the story I'm about to tell. But there's some things, guys, that we do that we know we really messed up. You know, girlfriend or wife, something happens, you go, oh, I really stuck my foot in that one. And, but there's other times where you're just strolling in and you have no clue. But you hit a wall. There's, there's a distance. There's a barrier in the relationship. And you're just all smiles. And I've, you know, uh, trying not to cast a shadow on my wife. I think it's mostly a discipleship relationship, you know. They're training us. They're making us better. But it's like, you know what you did. It's like, I... I do not know what I did. <laughs> totally clueless. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I've done several stupid things this week that I have no idea about. Well, there's a sacrifice for you. There's an offering for those sins. Once a year, the high priest would go in and deal with the sins of your ignorance. Isn't that amazing? We need to tap into that more, guys. <clears throat> So the outer two courts is willful sin, willful sin, but the holiest of holies is a place that was for these, it's like, I know I've messed up. I know that I've broken the rules. I didn't even know all the rules, but I know there's this distance in my relationship with God. Now, Jesus' death and resurrection dealt with that curtain, dealt with that distance, dealt with that wall in relationship both physically and spiritually. So, God himself tore the curtain. Now, this is, this is fascinating. You know, I, this is one of those places in history, when we get into eternity, I want to watch the movie. What exactly was going on there? So, Matthew 27, 51, at the moment of Jesus' death, at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn 
and two, from top to bottom. Not from bottom to top. There's all kinds of pictures of that temple that tell how, how tall that curtain was. It was just tall. It was really tall, okay? So there's no one running around way up in the air but God himself. And <clears throat> he opened up that place that was awesome. You know, um, there was an old movie, Indiana Jones something or other, where uh, uh, it was all about finding the Ark of the Covenant. And then right at the end of the film, you know, uh, the, the Nazis get the Ark of the Covenant and Indiana's got his eyes closed. He's tied to a pole with what's-her-name. And, uh, and they know, keep your eyes closed because this is bad news. They're about to open this thing up. And sure enough, this guy opens it, and everybody's totally obliterated. You know, there's laser beams. Anybody seen that film besides me? Okay. So this is a little bit of what's going on in these people's minds. Like, if we go inside that curtain, it's like we don't even know what a laser beam. This is just the first century. Who is, well, you know. <clears throat> but we're, we're totally done for. And there are people in the temple at this time. And that thing's ripping open, and they are freaking out. Just going, heading for the doors, jumping out windows, whatever it takes. God himself opened that up, that terrible place. It's wonderful and terrible. God, it's, it's, uh, we think of, the, of God who created this, this whole world and everything in it. And it's, it's, uh, it's like a moth to the flame is the phrase. It's, you're, you're drawn to something that you know is the most real, the one who is the most real in all of eternity, and yet you're terrified at the same time. So Jesus literally tore that curtain. But then it, the, even deeper, there was a spiritual curtain. That was torn. In Hebrews 10, 19 and 20, down to the 22nd verse. Therefore, brothers and sisters, and this whole passage, Hebrews is a book written to the Hebrews. And it goes into great depth in the 10th chapter of this whole image of the, the distance here and the reason why the sacrifices are made and all of that. And now he's saying, therefore... Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain, that is his body. It was his body that was the real curtain. It was the real thing that was opened up. And instead of being the blockage, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So he's opened this place up. He's, he is the one who opened up that holy of holies, that terrible and wonderful and amazing place. And he himself, in Ephesians 2.14, is our peace. And he's made the two groups one by destroying the barrier. He tore it down. So because Jesus physically tore that, you know, it's... We, we are not a part of a mystical, conceptual philosophy of religion. This is all historical fact. This is history. 
This is reality. And so he did something in the natural, and he did something even deeper in the spiritual. So, if Jesus done everything, he's, he's done it, right? He created us. We ran over there, distanced ourselves from him, created a barrier in our own actions, not something that God created. It was, it was our actions that created this distance. And then he extended himself to, to us. In, in love, we could, you know, I, there's so much depth and richness here. I want to get into a teaching on the Trinity, but I won't. So some of you kind of relax, breathe easily here. But it's, but it's the amazing thing of this, the God who within himself from eternity had relationship and expressed love and is completely one in all his thoughts and all his actions and all his attitudes. And so God within himself gave himself and sacrificed. So that blows a few fuses, good. That's what it's supposed to do. He's he's amazing. So, what does that mean for us? What do we do? If Jesus' resurrection doesn't mean that everyone in the world was, boom, changed forever. He doesn't manipulate us. He doesn't force himself on us. He draws us. He's calling us. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. This is a fascinating thing. He's... He's got your tears stored up. That's his, I mean, uh, beyond understanding these things. But we're going to find out. We're going to see the reality of this. But emotionally, we, we need to know the reality of this. And we do that. So what's our action? We turn to a book, uh, the Gospel of Luke in the 15th chapter. And there's a story here sometimes known as a prodigal son, the lost son. But I like Rembrandt's view. I believe it's a Rembrandt painting. The center of the picture is the father. That's what this is about. It's about the the father's heart. Is it extending himself? This longing for relationship. Now, not in a, you know, it's, 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 it's complicated in so many ways to get some of these points across completely purely theologically. The God who has no need, longing for us. But it's, so we're grappling with this, okay? But this is what this story is about. And I'm not going to read the passage out there, but uh, many of you are familiar with it. You know, the father is asked by a younger son for his inheritance. He says, man, I'm going to live with this older guy my whole life, and he's got a bad attitude, and, uh, you know, so I want my money now. So the father gives the inheritance away. The son, of course, loses it all, wastes it, ends up in the worst place in the world. He's at the bottom of the bottom. And he finally says, why don't I just go home? And that's, that's our part of the deal. We, we get up from where we're at and we say, I want to go home. I'm... I've totally screwed this up. I've 
committed lots of ignorant sin. I don't even know how messed up I am. I know I'm broken. I, I want to go home. Now, the father, I don't know, is this months or years? Look for Neil Crook whenever I need real substance and uh, study. <clears throat> but he's been, you know, in, in my mind, I'm thinking of walking on the porch. He probably didn't have a nice porch. He was in front of his tents. Here he is walking back and forth. And every day, multiple times a day, you know what he's doing? Where is he? Is he alive or dead? You know, where's my son? I love him so much. I'm, it's like I'm in, he's in, he's, it's a pain that never goes away. So he's, he's doing this day after day after day, week after week, month after month. And so he's looking out down the road, down on the edge of the periphery, the, the place where he saw his son leave previously. It's just kind of a spontaneous, natural thing from now to keep just kind of whatever he's doing to just look up and look out there. And one day <clears throat> he sees something. You know, it's not a whole bunch of camels. It's just one guy. It's not usual. There's something unusual about this. And then he's, he just kind of is looking and he says, something familiar about that, the way he walks, the way he carries himself. And he just kind of starts going that direction. And then something inside of him starts stirring. And it says, he ran. There's an old, old song that I, 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 uh, talks about the time that God ran. This is what's happening in the Father's heart. You know, we, we have a perception. We have a religious perception of God that we've messed up and we've got to do something to prove how sorry we are. We've got to pay in some way for this. <clears throat> but the, the accurate perception is, you know, I got nothing. I just want to go home. And my father is leaning out and saying, come on. If you'll just fall in my direction, I'll run to you. So, this curtain's been torn. The door's been opened. <clears throat> and you don't have to get your life together. You know, again, this is like, I'll, I'll figure it out someday. I'll, I'll get my act together. Or later on, you know, it's, it's like too many hoops to jump through right now. But that's, that's a lie. That's the deception of religion. Our performance is what makes it happen. The truth is, in Jesus, that you come to him so that he can put you back together. You don't put yourself together so that you can be acceptable. You come with whatever you got and say, I'm a mess. That's humility. You know, it takes some humility to admit where you're at. And to say, 
I don't quite have my act all together. So what is the specific thing that we do to come home? <clears throat> I'm going to drill all this down. Curtain's been opened up. Jesus has died. He's buried. He's been resurrected. The Lord is risen. <clears throat> First time I, I really got that down well, I was in an Episcopal church. So he didn't do this in the church I grew up in. So I, The Lord is risen. There you go. So that's how the early Christians greeted one another. The Lord is risen. He's risen indeed. So this resurrection has happened, and we have this expectant father reaching out, and we want to go home. Phil mentioned something. I'm going to take a little bit of a detour here. And I said something right at the beginning that we want to be home. So we are, I, one thing I love about Boston is because the church is not that strong here. When I meet believers, a lot of times they're really believers. And I grew up in the South, and so there's just a lot of culture around that to where you're not quite sure where everybody is. They can be saying hallelujah and amen, and you're still going, But there's a depth of community here in this congregation, and people want to get to know each other. Some of that is because of people that have grown up here, and their world has just been so shifted around that it just feels unstable. It's like, I want to be with people that I want. I'm looking for something solid. For some of you, it may be because you're an immigrant. You're here, and you're far away from family, and you, you just need the home that is the body of Christ. Practically speaking, what we do is we meet in faith groups every week in lots of different ways. We have family faith groups. We have faith groups that are focused on the young adult population. We've got college faith groups, the noisy ones. <coughs> And it's about being in a place where someone knows your name and someone knows you and about learning how to walk out this relationship with Father God. It takes, it's a, it's a challenging thing. And we need, a, we need each other. So I want to invite you, be home here. Find a place of significant connection. And then I want to welcome you home in the deepest way you could possibly be welcomed. And that is to tell you that wall that you think is there with God, it's not there. It's been dealt with. That rejection that you feel and are imagining is not in God's heart. It's something, really it's a self-rejection. It's something in you that's telling you, I don't deserve this. There's something wrong with me. And humility is not keep trying to... Uh, 
So here's the first phrase that came to my mind. Put lipstick on a pig, you know. We're not trying to make ourselves look better and keep looking better and keep looking better. We just go, forget that. I'm, I'm going to stop the self-improvement program to try to get acceptance from God. And I'm just going to say, here I am. I want to be, I, I desperately need to come home to the one who knows me better than anyone. So coming to him is admitting who you are. I'm, I'm a one brick shy of a load. Okay, yeah, I grew up in the South. There are certain phrases that don't translate. <laughs> Takes too long to explain these things. <clears throat> we could we could hit play idiom throw you know matches back and forth. <clears throat> like I'm I'm not all here, you know. That's that's the humility. Jesus, I'm a mess. You know who you are. And the other side is recognizing who he is. He is the merciful, loving, pure, and holy, sacrificial God. And he he's welcomed you. But you have to make some choices. That is, you have to stand up from where you are and say, I'm coming home. Becky, would you come on up here with me? <clears throat> I'm going um, to explain this. and I, I, Right now, I think I just want everyone to stand. Coming to the end of this message, <clears throat> and if you're here and you're a visitor... Or maybe you've just been visiting a little bit and you're kind of on the outside edge. Uh, there's a time when every person has to come to in their life and say, yes, it's me. I need you. I am a sinner. It means willful sin and things I've just... I've done wrong. I didn't even know it. And the cross of Jesus means you who cannot even pay for it, can't make it up, can't make it better, have to say, what you did, I received for myself. Your forgiveness, the work that you did, paid for. I accept that a gift from my life. Is there anyone in here that would just say, that's me. I, I want to do that. I want to come home. I haven't done that before. And I, I you know, we're not gonna, I'm not going to make you come down to the front. I'm not trying to embarrass you. This is not a public performance for other people in the room. This is just a place where we're saying, we, we want you to have that opportunity. Put your hand up and put it back down. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
cross. takes a few times before it get, really gets inside of us. I don't know about you, but I, I, I prayed this multiple times before I, it really felt like I got it. And it's, it's what I just repeated. And uh, I'm going to invite you, whoever wants to pray along with me, to pray these prayers. I'll show you what it is, and then we'll do it. It's, Father, I thank you that you're a loving God. I'll do it in phrases like that, and you repeat after me. And, and I'm a child that just wants to come home. I recognize that I've, I have fallen far short of what is pure and excellent, perfect. And I ask you to forgive me. I give you my life, and I receive your life. Come and make your home in me. Change me forever especially for those that rose their hands but others that want to join in say, Father, I recognize that you are a holy God. You are the perfect one and I come to you right now. In Jesus' name. Not of my own strength but because of what you, Jesus, did. I've, I've sinned. I've fallen short of that which is perfect and excellent. I've done things wrong intentionally, and I've, I've done things that I didn't know I did wrong. So Lord, forgive me of all my sin. I give you my life. Come and live your life in me. Bring me home, Father. Make a home eternally in me. brave thing and it's a, it's a humble thing we want to interact with you I'm not gonna, again I said uh, I'm not going to embarrass you we've got a place where we want to talk with you if you've prayed that you may have lifted your hand up or didn't lift your hand up you want to talk to somebody we've got a table in this back wall and I believe Phil and Bree are going to both be back there Bree is now she's looking at me and uh, <laughs> oh it's Kendra Sorry, Bree, you weren't nominated. It was, Andrew's going to be back there. They have many people in here. I, I'm just pointing a couple of people out there so that it's not confusing. But there are many people in this room that could pray with you, that could encourage you, that could answer any question that you have. But uh, in the bulletin that you had earlier, uh, we, Phil invited you to fill this out and to... Uh, just tell us who you are so we can communicate. But it may be that you want, you're want you saying, hey, I think I just did something really important and I want someone else to know about that. I, you know, I need, some, need to have a conversation with someone. Then this is how we do that. Just fill that out, hand it to someone back there, tell them what happened. And if you know the person that, uh, that just prayed or someone, then go with them to the table. It's not a time like, oh, you know, awkward, what's going on? No. Like, ah, welcome home. 
welcome home. Welcome to the deepest place of acceptance and knowing that you will ever experience in your entire life. And we want to know that. Amen. Just, you know, I charge the body here. Let's make home for people in this city. Let's, let's open up our lives to people in this city. There are people that you're saying, oh, they don't want to hear it. They don't, you know, there are people that are just waiting to be asked. And you can find creative ways of doing that. You can drop eggs out of a helicopter. People did that yesterday. Amazing. Or you could just say, hey, have you ever been to church? Or, you know, what does Easter mean to you? They're just looking to be known, to be understood. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I'll give you a couple of announcements as we're, we're going in this direction. Uh, table in the back, we've got an Easter egg over here. I don't want to see any 35-year-olds knocking three-year-olds over out there, okay? There's uh, different communication about what's happening in the life of the church that uh, we, we really want you to, to be aware of. Training and different emphasis we have, but we want you to, we want to be home. So think about faith groups if you're not in one. I want to pray a prayer of blessing on you. Lord Jesus, you great shepherd of the sheep who's risen from the dead. You're brought back from suffering to live a life here on this earth and ascend to the Father and be king forever. May he, that God, be the one who blesses, encourages, affirms, and builds identity into your life that cannot be taken away from you. May that life and that Holy One surround you, complete you, perfect you, and draw you into healthy relationship with others so that you can be home with Him and create and be a part of seeing His kingdom come in this earth this week. God's blessings on you. Have an awesome week. In the name of Jesus, you're dismissed.